Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm Tears of Price, coming to you from Book Riot, and this is episode 284.5. And this week, I'm going to be diving into the stacks to talk about two great literary novels about queer women. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, so this episode doesn't have much of a theme beyond these happen to be two books about queer women uh, because it's election week here in the U.S. And I, my brain is dead and I'm just digging into the past for some books I just really like that are, you know, kind of happy. And this is what I came up with. And this is what these two picks have in common. And um, I guess the other thing that they have in common is that neither are set in the U.S., which was not something I intended on doing. But here we are. So my first pick is actually Cantoris by Carolina de Robertis, which is a lovely, fantastic book about five queer women in a really difficult position. So not exactly um, light and happy, but I think this book is overall pretty uplifting and empowering. It opens up in the late 1970s in Uruguay. And if you're like me, maybe you didn't know a lot about the history of Uruguay. So I actually learned quite a bit about the country when I read this book. I got curious enough that I did some Googling as well. So in the 1970s, Uruguay was under a dictatorship. You know, like a really scary, like people would just kind of disappear one day and not be heard from again for a while, thrown into prison without any reason. And um, most people generally lived in fear of soldiers and law enforcement and of their neighbors, you know, snitching on them. So unsurprisingly, being queer at the time was also super dangerous. What's interesting to know is that now Uruguay is actually very progressive. They were actually, I think, the first country to legalize gay marriage in Latin America. And they also did that before the U.S. So go Uruguay. So this book starts in the 1970s, and you are introduced to five different queer women, um, Flaca, Romina, Anita, Paz, and Marlena. And they're all in their like late teens to mid-20s when this book starts, when they become friends. Um, I think the oldest one might be 25. 
five or 28 and the youngest is 16. So they kind of come together sort of organically by realizing like what they have in common is that they all like women. And one day, not long after becoming friends, they decide that like what they really need is to get away from the capital city where they all live because they're just feeling really oppressed and on edge and they want some space to breathe. So they head up to this tiny little village up the coast called Cape Polonio. And there they camp out on the beach for a week and just really feel free for like the first time in years. Um, They feel like they're able to be themselves, just hang out. Um, Two of the women are in a relationship, so they're actually able to be demonstrative and, you know, kiss and be together without worrying about what other people might see or say or think. And basically, they decide that they never want to leave. Well, unfortunately... That's not possible. They have to go back home. However, this trip is so liberating that they decide, like, okay, we definitely have to come back. And they end up pooling their money to buy a shack that's up for sale on the beach. So then over the course of the next few decades, they just return time and time again to this shack that they all co-own. It's like their refuge and retreat. And it's really a space where, like, they share equally and fairly, even though throughout the years their relationships with each other morph and change over time. They also bring other friends and lovers to this place, but, you know, at the core, it's always just the five of them who own it. So that's loosely what this book is about, but it's also, I think, about so much more. It's about, you know, resistance. It's about how a deep friendship and shared identity can bond you, even though these women are all very different and they have very different backgrounds and different ways of viewing the world. They definitely don't always get along, especially politically, but they do always try to do their best by one another, and they are bonded by, you know, the fact that they own this place. So this book covers a lot of years, and you see how they just grow and change over time, which I thought was really marvelous. Now, because this book is about being queer under a dictatorship, there are moments of violence and darkness. There is mention of sexual assault. There's nothing like detail that happens on the page. I think the author does a really good job of of kind of getting across the impact of what happens without having to like go there. And I really appreciate that because I feel like despite the fact that there are dark moments that do happen um, and these women are living in oppression, it is overall like a really empowering book about the strength of friendship and community. And it does end on like a really high note. So um, I, yeah, I've been saying it's like the happiest book about a dark subject that I've read in a long time. The author is Uruguayan, and she actually interviewed and got to know a lot of queer Uruguayan women of these characters' generations really well. So, you know, while she does not have, like, the lived experience of of living in Uruguay, you know, in the 1970s, um, she's very close to it. So I thought that that was excellent. Um, That's Cantoras by Carolina de Robertis. My second pick is a bit lighter in tone. It is by Emma Donahue, and it is called Landing. And I know I've recommended Emma Donahue books before on this show, but please indulge me in recommending another one, because the great thing about Emma Donahue is that she has this tremendous range, and this book is unlike the others by her that I've recommended already. So, Landing. It's not exactly a conventional romance novel, but it is very romantic. It is about Jude and Sheila, who are two women who live on opposite sides of the world, but they happen to meet in the Heathrow airport um, while Jude is on her very first um, plane trip. And Sheila is a flight attendant. 
So she's based in Dublin. She's worked as a flight attendant for um, a long time. She's in her, I think, late 30s um, when this book begins. And she is very stylish. She loves her her lifestyle of going out, has a great social life. She loves travel. She doesn't ever really want to be tied down um, in any one place for too long. But she loves having Dublin as her like home base. At the beginning of this book, she's also dating another woman. But that relationship has cooled somewhat. Like They still really love each other and they care for each other. But there's not any passion in that romance anymore. And her girlfriend also wants her to kind of settle down and, you know, follow the conventional sort of, okay, we've been together a while, let's take the next step, um, and being like a long-term couple. But Sheila just really loves her jet-setting life, and so she's been really resistant to that. Now, Jude is 25, and she lives in Ireland, Ontario. And her life in comparison seems quite small to Sheila's, but um, she is very happy with it. She is an archivist in her small town, and she, like, cannot ever imagine leaving. She just loves it there so much, and in part because she's tied to, like, the history, the history that's in her job, but also the history that's connected to where she's from. So when she falls for Sheila and Sheila falls for her, it creates some challenges. And at first, you know, they're just communicating via email and phone and their relationship is long distance. But when Sheila and her girlfriend break up and it seems like um, Sheila and Jude are starting to heat up, they have to figure out a way to deal with this challenge of distance. And since Jude doesn't want to move to Ireland and Sheila cannot imagine settling in a small town hours from an airport, you know, those challenges just get very real. So I really love this book because it excavates like all the wonder of falling in love, but like it doesn't ignore the practicalities of what it's like to merge two very different lives together. And I would say it doesn't romanticize it at all, but it also, this book isn't like a darker or sort of downer of a book about these two people who just want to be together but can't. You know, it's it's a romantic story, but it's not a romance where things come together nicely or with just, you know, one or two challenges that they have to get over. And I think that's why I liked it so well, because it has that like feel of like wish fulfillment. You know, the beginning has a great meet cute and then they're falling in love in love across continents. But then it's also very practical about the making it worked aspect of their romance. And I just really enjoyed that. So if you're looking for a transportive realistic romance and you're looking for a great queer love story, then Landing by Emma Donahue is it. Um, the book came out in 2007. So I guess in some ways it might feel a little bit dated as you're reading it because of uh, the technology that's changed, but I think it stands up really well. And that is it for me, book nerds. I hope you are all staying safe this weekend and that you are well stocked with books. Thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find a list of all the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com forward slash all the books. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please show us some love by leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts because it helps other book lovers find us. And as always, thank you to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Zink. If you want to connect with me or see pictures of my books and my cats, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Tears of Price. That's T-I-R-Z-A-H. P-R-I-C-E. And I will be back in a couple of weeks on a regular episode of All the Books with Liberty and with more backlist recommendations. Thanks so much for listening and have a great weekend. 